This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, this is Darlene Antle, and you're listening to Tobin Tonight. I want to ask you first off, why did you write your book? Because I had a nephew. My sister Erica had a little boy who had autism and I didn't really know much about it. So I read up a little bit about it. And when he was getting ready to start school, which was last year, Erica was worried that other kids wouldn't accept him. So I decided to do a book then to help explain what autism was on on children's level. I've seen the cover of your book, uh, The Autistic Puppy. Why did you choose the dogs as the subjects? Because I'm a dog lover, but I, a lot of people like dogs, as you know, because they're so cute, adults and children, and I knew it would appeal to children, but because dogs are like selfless creatures, they love you, and they don't understand our world, but yet we communicate with them on their level, and we accept them and understand them the way they are. I, I think there's a little bit more to that story. I, I also heard from a, a very reliable source that you actually have two dogs yourself. Yes, they're both my dogs. Did you pretty much base the story, like I know you based it off of autism, but are the two dogs in this story your dogs? Both dogs are mine, well the whole family, so I got twin girls, Emily and Kaylee, my husband Phil. Both the dogs are ours. Chester is a silk terrier. We had him now about 12 years. And the girls wanted another dog and he wanted a golden doodle. And needless to say, they didn't get along with each other when we first got him. One was an older puppy and one was younger. And the girls were always taking pictures of him and the big guy wasn't getting along with the little guy. And that gave me the idea there to incorporate the two together. How long did it take you to write this book? Well, it only took me a few minutes to write the book because I love to write. I thought about it and that took a while, but to actually piece it together, it only took me a few minutes because I'm somebody who loves writing stories and poetry and things like that. And my children had the pictures because they're always taking them. So I just simply wrapped pictures around the words and the verses and put it all together. When did you start? Because I know you just mentioned you love writing, so it didn't take you that long. But when did you start thinking about writing the book? And like, what kind of factors played into whether you were going to write it or not going to write it? Well, the process of getting the book published, we'll say, or deciding to write the book was hard because the idea came to me and there wasn't much out about autism. And I thought it was a good idea. But I just couldn't get any anybody to come on board. Like I went to publishers in Newfoundland and all in St. John's here everywhere. And I tried to get it off the ground and nobody would, would help me. So I said, you know what? When you get on the computers now, there's ways around putting books and that together. So my friend Vanessa, she's into all this getting on the computer and that. So I wrote the verse and I showed her the pictures and we put a little book together through the drugstore. Okay. When the book came and we liked it, I decided to go to a printer. And my father, he's 70 odd years old, he lives out in Brigus, he found someone who'd print the book off for me. Then I just started selling it on my own. It wasn't copyrighted or anything, but I said, I'll see how this takes off on my own. And so I started to sell it from my desk at work and like four, five, six hundred copies started flying right out of my hand. Bringing in the Christmas money, that's what they call that. 
Yeah. No, I mean, it's very interesting that you mentioned that because, you know, as a society today, you would think like when I was growing up watching Sesame Street, you had, you know, Big Bird was Big Bird, uh, Elmo was Elmo. But now they came, right. they came up with now they needed to have a vegetarian monster instead of a cookie monster. Yes, got, yeah, that's right. Yeah, They've got characters on it now that have disabilities. So when you come and say that to me, that publishers were saying, no, we don't want to touch that. I'm thinking like... It's kind of against what you're you're doing in the TV side of things. They just didn't come on board with it. Like, eventually I got one, but what was here in Newfoundland didn't come on board with it. And I went a lot of places, and I emailed a lot of people. And even when this was in the process, I didn't know that they were going to have a Muppet. Weeks or months after, this Muppet came out with autism named Julia on uh, Sesame Street. But, I mean, getting a hold of these people and everything, well, I don't know how to go about that, right? It's one of those things that I just find peculiar in a way because you know my generation just say the 20 odd year olds or even the teens nowadays were more accepting of different cultures different people because we're growing up around it and i mean if you want to teach kids at a young age to start accepting the different disabilities out there get them exposed while they're young so that when absolutely so that when when my children i'm a different generation obviously than you but when we went to school anybody that was different than us was put in a class called special ed yeah and uh, but that's that's where they stayed and we didn't interact with them and that's the way it was but my kids are accepting of everybody and everything not the way i was brought up that's the big difference because i mean i've seen things on tv now even if i ask like my younger niece or nephew about uh, certain issues like I agree. When we were growing up, we had two separate classes. But at, if you grow up with it the whole way through, it doesn't become so much of a difference as just, yes, that's just absolutely. you just accept it and think that's who he is because you don't know the difference. If you got a kid with autism in kindergarten and you grew up with him till grade 10, you just think that's that's Ian, that's Jeff, that's just who he is. That's true, yep. And, and I see that every day. You just mentioned that it was hard to get it published. When you decided to go on your own with it. Did you have to put a lot of your own money to invest in it or was it kind of like risk reward? Um, I put my own money into it. I figure, well, if I sell them, that's fine. I just wanted to get it out there. But what happened when I realized it was taking off so fast, you know, when I talked to my father, he started contacting out-of-province publishers. That's where we picked up Christian Faith Publishing and they loved it and they contacted me. But initially, it was a risk that I took myself and I put my own money into it and I paid for the printing and whatever pictures, whatever I did, I paid for myself. You mentioned after the beginning that it was kind of slow to start, but what do you hope happens with the book? I hope the book does good. And just from here in Newfoundland, I didn't do any advertising. This is the book that I put out myself, not the published book that's now up in the States. But the book that I put out myself, it just started to do so good. And people who showed it to other people wanted it. People kept coming back for orders. And I kept having to go back to the printer. I need more books. I need another hundred. I need another hundred. And I was just so amazed. I said, man, this is doing fantastic. But I hope the book does good because I know many people since they bought the book had emailed me and sent me messages and some of them said they can't read the book without crying because it reminds them so much of their children and I want to deliver a message you know that that's all anybody wants in the world is to be loved and accepted and sometimes all we need to do is give each other understanding so I'm kind of hoping that the book helps others understand by caring and giving and loving you know the person inside and out is really about not just children with autism but inclusion of all children who may have whatever type of disability or any kind of difference that they have, you know, everything's about diversity now. And I just want to put it out there so children can start really early. 
All right. You kind of answered the the next question there because I was going to say what's the message, but of course you just mentioned the message would be uh, that everyone wants to be loved and accepted. And of course that's true regardless of disability, race, ethnicity, anything like that. Do you plan on writing more books about autism with dogs or other books in in general? I do. Well, actually I have three more ready to go. I'd like (laughs) to do the uh, autistic puppy series. Okay. So they're kind of waiting to go depending on how this does. The publisher that I have in the States... They have this book, I guess you can order it through Amazon and uh, Indigo and places like that. And they told me that places like Chapters and the bookstores that we have here will get in. And if they see it and they think it'll sell good, they'll order it and they'll put it in their stores. So if, if it takes off, I have another three ready to go. And talking to the publisher up in the States, they said, not a problem. They'll uh, discuss it with me. We see how this goes and what happens. Look, I'd love for it to take off and be a cartoon. Yeah. Because, I mean, it sounds like, oh, my God, you got big dreams, but... In reality, that's how I'm sure Winnie the Pooh got started and Clifford the Big Red Dog and all of them. Some mm-hmm. things just take off. That's what I was just going to refer to it as because I was going to say that we always watched when I was younger the uh, NTV the news station back home used to show these Canada Heritage Minutes and they used to show how Winnie the Pooh actually became yes, yeah. Winnie the Pooh. And of course, Clifford the Big Red Dog. I, I believe I could be wrong about this, but I think they started off as books first and then turned it into a TV series. Yes, that's right. So that is right. I checked it out, and uh, Clifford the Big the Red Dog was also worn. Like my sister said that my dog looked like him in some <laughs> pictures, and all this was rolling around in my head. Beer in the big blue house. Oh yes, a picture of him, and I had it on Facebook, and I compared it to my dog Winston, and. It just all rolled together from that, you know. And I, I'm just thinking, though, just uh, if we, if you were to give it a TV series, would you have just the the one autistic puppy, or would it kind of be like he would have friends with different disabilities as well? Well, friends with different disabilities. In fact, I just today done up a little Christmas one to sell at home, and my friend has a golden doodle that's apricot color. You mentioned the autistic puppy. You want to turn it into a series. Are you thinking about any other kind of branching out, like maybe the, like doing something about a cat or a fish or a turtle? or? No, just the dog. I do know because my sister told me at the beginning of the school year, they usually put little books in the kids' book packs that they can read, and I tried to... Uh, sell this. I went to the school board and tried to sell it as a book for all kindergartners to read. They had to bring it before a board and it came back. They weren't interested. But in saying that, my sister brought the book to school during, I guess it was a book week, and the teachers absolutely loved it. Social workers started calling me, teachers and principals. Everybody was interested. And it's like one person showed it to somebody else and all of a sudden everybody started calling. Even the Autistic Society posted a picture of me with the book and they have the book down there if anybody wants to read it. So I just think the dogs are more... You can get a picture book for kids and people draw teddy bears and people draw Winnie the Pooh and that, but I thought the real animals would capture the kids' attention. And they do because some of the people that bought the books tell me that the kids say, I want to meet Winston. I want to see Winston. (laughs) You mentioned about school board liking the book and teachers liking the book. And I I think that's interesting because, you know, that's the kind of people you want on your side. I know the higher ups kind of get the final say, but at least if teachers and students are taking it in and saying like, no, they agree with it, they like the book, then, you know, you're really reaching your audience in that aspect too. Yes, and and, uh, some social workers who bought the book or read the book from a friend and then sent in a wanted one order, they started contacting me as well. And the social worker that works with autistic children is trying to speak to a parent of people to see if she can get it brought into her learning 
And this was long before the book was even published. These were just my copies that I made myself. But, you know, now that it's out in the States, well, the States is a big place compared to I'm just here in Newfoundland with a few friends branching out, a friend of a friend of a friend. But now it's going to be Barnes & Noble has it and Amazon and all these places and all across the States. So maybe it will be something that will take off. Just in my kind of mindset, I think that it will do really well in Canada when it reaches its mark or in Newfoundland. The state that the United States is in right now, I think your best hope is that the Autistic Society or something gets the book out because the United States can't really seem to agree on much to begin with there. That's right. I I know you mentioned that people can buy the book on Amazon, but where other places can they buy it and for how much? The books that I sold myself before anything went down were $10 and no tax. And once they came out there, I guess they set their own price. So, of course, up in the States, they were eleven ninety five, And I seem to see them when they're posted being different prices, depending on the companies, 11 12 13 and I've seen them as high as 14 But Amazon, you can get in and order it, Barnes & Noble, Indigo, and Book Depository. So if you go to a bookstore which someone has done and contacted me on it. They went to Chapters and asked them, did they have the book? Uh, Chapters don't, but they'll get it in for you, and there's no cost for the shipping. Nice. Yeah. The last question I have here, uh, I know that, of course, you mentioned that you were funding it to begin with yourself, and obviously you want to make the money back on that as well, but does, uh, does any of it go to charity, or do you see it in the future going to charity? What I did myself, I took the cost out of the book, and yes, I gave money to the Autism Society. I went down myself and gave it to them. That was on my own. Okay. Uh, how much this book will make, I don't know, but absolutely. If this can take off, yes, because it's something that's near and dear to my heart. My nephew, he is a sweetheart, and he's so funny and loving, and to think that you know, he could be treated different because of this. It just breaks my heart. So absolutely. I think and I believe, you know, sometimes people just don't know what's inside or what the child is like. I was guilty of it myself before I even wrote the book. Myself and my friend were out shopping in in the store and this little girl, she was about eight or nine and she was going around with her mother and she was crying and she was in the car and she was screaming and myself and a couple of people were there, I'm like, oh, you know, you think her mother would calm her down or whatever because she was old enough, we felt to know. Anyway, a few minutes passed and it kept going on. A lot of people were getting pretty poisoned. Anyway, the mother lifted the little girl out of the cart and she started to tiptoe. That's the way she walked. And I only knew because I had read up on autism that that could be a sign of autism, depending on where it was to on the spectrum. And she started lining things up on the counter, which was another sign and counting them. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, here's everybody thinking, you know, why don't you teach your child to behave? And here's this child, but I was pretty sure they had autism just because I knew from writing the book. And sometimes I think, you know what, we even if they had a little bracelet on, you could almost look and see. Same with old people. When you take them in the store and if they have Alzheimer's, People are pushing and shoving. They don't know sometimes, and they don't understand. And you want to say, you know, he really doesn't understand. He might have skipped you in the line, but he don't understand. Just for people to take the time to stop and see, people have disabilities, and you don't know. That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Darlene Antle for coming on the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying, thanks for listening, and good night.
Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.